You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Lamentations chapter number 3 and uh, verse number 21. Lamentations 3 and verse number 21. The Bible says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. And let's pray. Our Father, I pray you'd speak to us as we look at your word. We, every, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every service, we need to hear from you. But we especially pray that you'd give us what we need from the word of God. I thank you for the singing that we've already heard. I thank you for how it's blessed us. I thank you for the Dixon family singing. And I thank you for Joanna singing. I thank you for the choir. Thank you for the congregational music. Thank you for our piano player and sound men and those running the video and radio. I thank you for the folks who are watching online. I thank you for those listening by way of radio. I thank you for the people who are here this morning. And Lord, I pray for each and every person, each and every one of us. I pray that we would not miss what you have for us this morning. We know that your word is powerful. We know that it is alive. We know that it is eternal. And we know that it has the answers to every problem, every situation we face in life. And I pray now that the Word of God would be very clear. I pray that you'd help me to preach it with power and with authority. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide my mind and my words. And I pray you'd speak to each and every heart. May we not just be hearers, but may we be doers of the Word of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I don't have this thing on and ready, but I'll get it ready. The Bible tells us in this passage, Lamentations 3, the Bible tells us that there was a pretty, pretty bad situation going on for Jeremiah. You see, Jeremiah had preached and Jeremiah had warned God's people that judgment was coming. He had warned them that they would be going into Babylonian captivity and they'd be in that captivity for 70 years. This was not a, this was not a nice, peaceful transition. Uh, this was not a field trip for Israel. This was not um, captivity like we maybe would think today where uh, you have uh, rights and you're, you're fed and you've got a place to sleep. Many of the folks that were taken by the Babylonians did not survive. The ones that did survive, they were chained and they were hauled off 500 miles away from their home. Those that survived the siege of Jerusalem, uh, they witnessed their homes being burned down. They witnessed the temple literally pulled apart and destroyed. They witnessed their actual literal walls torn apart and the city was a war zone. The city was completely destroyed. 
And Jeremiah records that in the book of Lamentations. This is the weeping or the lamenting of Jeremiah over the city of Jerusalem. And we see in this passage in verse number 22 that Jeremiah talks about the mercies of God. Now, I'm glad for the mercies of God, but many times I'm afraid we really don't think a lot about God's mercy because we have forgotten what we really truly deserve. I'm afraid that in our culture, and I'm, I'm talking about all of us, I'm not talking about you or certain people in this church, I'm talking about all of us, we have been given so much. And we are living and we are experiencing on a daily basis the grace and the goodness and the benefits and the blessings that sometimes we need to push stop and rewind and we need to go back to the beginning and we need to remember that we are also living in and living under the mercy of God. Mercy is that we don't get what we do deserve. I'll talk about that a little bit more in this message, but in a nutshell, what we deserve is nothing. Nothing good. And as a matter of fact, what we deserve is a place in hell. That's what every one of us deserves. That's the basis. That's the baseline. And so anything we get above that, that's just grace. That's just goodness and blessing from God. You see, we sometimes use these words interchangeably, mercy and grace, but mercy is not getting what we do deserve, and grace is getting the things that we don't deserve. Mercy in this passage is literally, it's defined as kindness. It is goodness. It is the faithfulness of God. Grace is defined as God's favor, God's loving kindness, God's goodwill. In verse number 22, we find the word compassions. This word is different from the word compassion in the New Testament. This word here is literally the tender mercies of God. And when it says that his compassions fail not, it's God's tender mercies. I was talking to my wife this past week, and of course, uh, husbands, that's a good thing to do to talk to your wives. I'd recommend it, as a matter of fact. And I wouldn't wait for once a week to talk to your wife either. I talk to her every day. And uh, I talk to her many times a day. It's, it's good for your marriage. And all the men said, amen. And all the ladies said, if only they would listen to us when we talk, we'd be okay. But we were talking this week and there was a situation that came up with uh, our children. I won't tell you which children, especially because I've got two of them in here. And uh, Lacey and Savannah are uh, nine years old. I, can't, I still can't believe they're nine. And we are so thankful for Lacey and Savannah and Chloe and Kylie. They're in uh, their classes. And then, of course, Micah. I won't tell you which children we were talking about. But we were talking about a situation. And, and I asked Joanna, I said, why would they respond or why would they do something like what they did and she looked at me and it was just like matter of fact blunt brutally honest she looked at me and she said I'll tell you why <laughs> and this is where I was glad I wasn't the one that we were talking about and I wasn't the one in trouble and all the husbands know exactly what I'm talking about there but she said I'll tell you why she said, I'll tell you exactly why. She said, because 
They are spoiled. And you know what? She was telling the truth. And I got to thinking about that because I already knew the passage I was going to use for, for today. And I thought, you know, yeah, I, I know some children that are spoiled. Maybe you know some children that are spoiled. Every one of you know some grandchildren that are really, really spoiled. And all the grandparents said, amen. It's your fault. I know some adults that are spoiled. I know some Christians that are spoiled. I know some American citizens that are spoiled. You know, the truth is, I look at somebody in the mirror every day that is spoiled. You see, we've got it so good. We have come to a point in our lives where we take so many things for granted. Let's talk for a minute about our health. You know, we usually don't even think about our health until we don't have it. We usually don't even stop and thank God for health and strength until we're sick or we're in the hospital or we're facing some kind of a, an emergency situation. But our health is all because of God's goodness and God's mercy that we have the health and strength to be alive today. The fact that you have eyes to see, that's a gift from God. The fact that you can hear, that's a gift from God. The fact that you were able to get out of your car and walk into the building, that is a gift from God. The fact that you have hands and fingers to, to hold and to feel and to touch, that is a gift from God. And we take that for granted every single day. The fact that your heart is beating right now, the fact that your heart is pumping blood through your veins, that's a gift from God. The fact that your lungs are allowing you to breathe, that's a gift from God. The fact that you have daily provisions and the fact that I had something to eat today, that's all because of God's mercy. You realize there are people in this world that they won't have a meal today and they won't have a meal tomorrow. And if they can get a meal sometime in the next seven days, they will be doing great. And yet you and I, we have plenty to eat. We get so picky that there are certain things we don't eat and certain things we do, and uh, we, we have it exactly like we like it. If you went to bed last night with a roof over your head, that's a gift from God. That's because of God's mercy and because of God's grace that you had shelter over you. If you have clothes to wear, if you have raiment that you can put on, that's a gift from God. We take those things for granted every single day. Our family... If you have a father, if you have a mother, if you have a husband, if you have a wife, if you have a child or a grandchild, or if you have a family, that is a gift from God. Don't take them for granted. Many times we don't appreciate the water till the well runs dry. Many times we're not thankful for what we have until we no longer have it. Can I tell you, we in our country, we have been hearing a lot about this lately, but we have in our country... We have been given life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And we take that for granted because many countries in the world, they know nothing about liberty. Many countries in the world know nothing about the freedoms that you and I enjoy. Can I remind you this morning, uh, those here at the church and those that are watching online and those listening on the radio, 
that while we sit in a free country, there are men and women who are paying the price, who are fighting to defend our freedom every day so that we can be here. We take it for granted. Can I remind you the fact that we sit in a Baptist church this morning is because somebody, somewhere, they paid the price. Somebody built this building. Uh, somebody taught a Sunday school class. Somebody preached a sermon. Uh, somebody uh, sacrificed and gave so that we could have what we have. There have been men and women throughout the centuries who have been burned at the stake and tortured and given their lives just so that we could have a Bible today. And yet, how often do we take for granted the fact that we have the Word of God how often do we take for granted the fact that we have a church and we have a Baptist heritage? I want to tell you, we are spoiled. We sometimes look at children or maybe we look at teenagers or we look at somebody else and say, oh, they're so spoiled. No, the truth is you're spoiled and I'm spoiled. And if we're honest, we have so much more than we ever deserve. You see, it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are where we are today. I want you to notice, number one, in this passage, we must remember. It says in verse 21, this I recall to mind. Jeremiah said, when I think about this, I have hope. Verse 22, it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Number one, we must remember. We must remember where we once were. Joanna sang about it. Do you remember what it was like before God saved you? Do you remember where you were? Do you remember what you were going through? Do you remember what it was like when you had no hope? Do you remember when you were going through life, wandering aimlessly, no direction and no purpose? Can I tell you, sometimes we need to stop and remember what it used to be like. Remember what we deserved. Notice in verse number one of chapter three, Jeremiah said, I have seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. Jeremiah said, uh, God has, uh, has poured out his wrath on us. And guess what? They deserved it because they wouldn't listen and they wouldn't repent and they wouldn't get right and they would not do what God had told them and they would not prepare for the judgment and get right before it was too late. Verse two, Jeremiah said, I've been led into darkness. Verse four, Jeremiah said, my bones have been broken. Verse 5, he said, I'm in gall and travail. Those words literally mean bitterness and hardship. Jeremiah says, my life is all about bitterness and hardship because of the judgment of God. Verse 6, he said, I dwell in dark places. Verse 7, I've been walled in. I've been hedged in and I can't get out. My chains are heavy. It seems like I'm in bondage. It just seems like I can't escape. Verse 8, he shutteth out my prayer. Jeremiah said, I'm crying, and it seems like God is not listening. He said, verse 9, my paths have become crooked. Verse 11, he hath pulled or he hath torn me in pieces. I am desolate. That word desolate, Jeremiah was saying, he said, I've been stunned and I've been devastated. That was the condition that Jeremiah was in. Verse number 12, he said, God has made me his target. Verse 13, he says, he has shot me with his arrows. Verse 14, Jeremiah said, I'm a laughing stock. People are mocking me. 
People are ridiculing me. Verse 15, he says, I'm filled with bitterness. Verse 17, he says, all peace and prosperity has been removed. Verse 18, my strength and my hope were destroyed. He said, it's all gone. He said, I've got no hope. I've got no strength. I've got nothing to live for. Verse 19, he said, I've got affliction. I've got misery. I've got bitterness in my life. In verse 20, he says, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. He said, God has humbled me. God has put me down on my face and God has brought me to where I realize that I am nothing. I have nothing. My life is a mess. My life is a wreck. I'm experiencing the wrath of God. And Jeremiah says, and I deserve every bit of it. Wow. You know what Jeremiah did? He remembered. He remembered where he used to be. He remembered what he deserved. He remembered that they were experiencing the judgment of God, and it was absolutely what should have happened because they would not listen. Jeremiah was in a bad spot. But then verse number 21, he remembered something else. He said, this I recall to mind. Now, I thought about all the bad stuff, and I thought about how awful it was, but this I recall to mind. Therefore, have I hope. Oh, hallelujah for hope. Hallelujah for something to live for. Hallelujah for something to get excited about. Hallelujah for something that can give you your joy and give you a thrill and something that can help you to press on. Jeremiah said, when I recall this to mind, he said, I have hope. You say, what did he remember? What did he recall? What did he think about? Verse 22, he says, when I think about the mercies of God, I have hope. Number one, you got to remember where you used to be. You got to remember what you deserve. But number two, you got to realize that the difference was all because of the mercy of God. Anything good in our lives is all because of his mercy. It is all because of his grace. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We didn't work for it. We didn't get it all figured out. It's the mercy of God that has made the difference in our lives. Jeremiah said, as bad as things are, he said they could be a whole lot worse had it not been for the mercy of God. Notice verse number 22. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not, what's the word? Consumed. Now, that word does not just mean we've got a lot, a lot of pressure. We got a lot on our minds. You know, we're kind of all, you know, tied down with, oh, no, no. That word consumed it means to come to an end. It means to be finished. It means to be destroyed. Now, when you look at the word consumed in the Bible, oftentimes it is accompanied by the result of a fire or the result of a flame. Let me give you a few examples. Genesis 19 the angel warned Lot, he said, I want you to flee. I want you to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah, lest thou be consumed. What was coming to Sodom and Gomorrah? Fire and brimstone and judgment. Exodus 3, the Bible tells us that the bush that Moses saw, it burned with fire, but it was not consumed. Leviticus 6, there's a fire uh, that consumes the burnt offering on the altar. 
Numbers 11, verse 1. And when the people complained, uh-oh, we do that. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them. How many of you are glad for the mercy of God that every time we complain, God doesn't burn us up with fire? Hallelujah for the mercy of God. Number 16, it says, And there came out a fire of the Lord and consumed 250 men that offered incense. Numbers 32, And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel. He made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed till they were dead, till they were destroyed. Hebrews reminds us that our God is a consuming fire. Say, Pastor, I thought we were talking about the mercy of God. We are. Because what every one of us deserve is a consuming fire. What every one of us deserve is the end result of sin is hell and the lake of fire. That's what we deserve. That is the final destination for those who reject God. That is what we deserve because of our sins. But God mercy, God's mercy has provided us an escape from hell and an escape from the lake of fire and God's mercy if that's all we got was an escape from hell we would be here for all of eternity praising God and saying hallelujah we don't have to go to hell hallelujah God's mercy has given us an escape and has saved us from what we deserve the fact that we are alive today that's just bonus the fact that we're here today is because of God's mercy and grace. The songwriter wrote, years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me. He died on Calvary because mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. I'm so glad for the mercy of God. Genesis 19 tells us that God's mercy is magnified. God's mercy is for thousands. God's mercy is great. God's mercy is promised. God's mercy will not depart. God's mercy is extended. God's mercy is a multitude. God's mercy, David wrote, it follows me all the days of my life. Aren't you glad for the mercy of God? God's mercy compasses us about. It surrounds us. God's mercy is plenteous. His mercy satisfies. His mercy is everlasting. His mercy is good. He delights in his mercy. Proverbs 28, 13, it says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall find mercy. Mercy is available. For you and me, aren't you glad that we can come and we can get mercy from God? Hallelujah for the mercy of God. It's of His mercies that we are not consumed. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel were in the wilderness. And God instructed Moses and He instructed Aaron to construct a tabernacle where they would come and where they would worship. And one of the items that was in that tabernacle you had the uh, altar of incense and you had the brazen laver and you had the table of the showbread and you had the, the candlesticks and you had the, uh, the, the, the different furniture. But one item that God said, I want you to place in that tabernacle 
for a reminder for my people. I want you to put a mercy seat so that my people remember that I am a God of mercy. That was Old Testament, but I got good news for you. In the New Testament, we got something better. We don't have to go like the Old Testament uh, uh, children of God had to go to a priest and the priest would go into the tabernacle and he would offer sacrifices for sins. We don't have to go through a priest. We've got something better because Hebrews 4 says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. What do you do on a throne? You sit on it. It's a seat. And let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. There's somebody sitting on that seat. There's somebody sitting on that throne. And God says, when we come before the throne of grace, we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We don't have to wait for a priest to go. We don't have to wait for an occasion. We can go to the mercy seat anytime and we can say, God, I need some more of that mercy today. And God never says, sorry, I'm out for today. Sorry, I gave all my mercy away. Sorry, I'll have to order some more. That mercy is available for you and for me. And he is sitting on the throne where we can obtain mercy. I don't know if anybody else is enjoying this this morning, but I sure am. And I sure am thankful for the mercy of God in my life. You see, when we think about what we deserve, when we think about where we should be today, you realize that God has been so much better than we could ever imagine. Titus 3, verse number 5, the Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's not because of us, but it's according to His mercy that He saved us. Aren't you glad for the mercy of God? Aren't you glad that He would reach down and save you and He would save me? And he'd give us forgiveness and he'd give us pardon. He'd give us cleansing and he'd give us eternal life in heaven. I'll try to illustrate it like this. I understand this is a, a poor illustration in trying to describe the mercy of God. But imagine that you were going to prison. You were going to prison and you'd already been sentenced. The judge had already uh, issued the sentence the judge had issued the sentence that not only were you going to prison, but you would be executed. It was just a matter of time. You know what you need? You need mercy. You know what you need? You need a miracle. Because you know what you've got? Nothing. You've got nothing to live for. You're not going to see your family. You're not going to enjoy life. You're not going to enjoy freedoms. You are going to prison and you are going to be executed and you are in a bad, bad situation with seemingly no hope. But imagine this. Imagine if someone stepped in and said, Judge, let me go to prison. Judge, let me be executed. And you look at that person and you say, but that person didn't do the crime. That person's innocent. That person should not have to take my place. And that person should not have to be executed where I should have been. And you think, wow, I can't believe that somebody would be willing to do that for me. That's love. That is mercy. 
That is amazing grace. And that person steps in your place and you think, I can't believe it. I'm not going to be executed. I'm not going to be in prison. I've been set free. And then the person says, hang on. Not only that. Here's the keys to the house where I used to live. It's fully furnished. It's fully stocked. And here's my checkbook. And here's my credit card. And here's my savings book. And all that you'll need to take care of you for the rest of your life. I've got it all. And here's the keys to my car. And I want you to take my place. I want you to take the place in my family. I want you to have people that love you. I want you to have people that will care for you. I want you to have all of those things. And you say, wait a minute. That person gave mercy and took my place and took my punishment. Yes. But then that person gave grace. And that person gave you all those things that you didn't deserve and you didn't earn and you could never, uh, never acquire. And that is on a very, very small, limited scale what Jesus did for you. He took your place. He took your punishment. And he didn't just take your place, but he let you take his place. He gave you a home in heaven. He gave you the riches in glory. He made you a child of God. He gave you a family. He gave you purpose. He gave you life. He gave you provisions. He said, you will never need a thing because I'm not just going to take your punishment. I'm going to give you all the provisions that you'll ever need. That's our story. If you've been saved, that's your testimony. Jesus died so that you could live. Jesus suffered so that you could go free, and Jesus became sin so that you could become righteous. Wow. That's almost hard to wrap your brain around all that, isn't it? But number one, you got to remember where you used to be. Number two, you got to realize the difference was the mercy of God in your life. And then thirdly, you and I ought to rejoice we ought to rejoice in the goodness and grace of God. I want to ask us this morning, and I'm asking all of us this, these questions, but why are we sometimes miserable? Why are we sometimes depressed? Why are we sometimes discouraged? And by the way, we all, we all go through those times. But why when we've been given such mercy? And we have been shown such grace. Notice, if you will, in verse number 22, his mercies and his compassions, they fail not. His mercies are new and fresh every morning. God doesn't just give you leftover mercy from yesterday and leftovers, stale leftovers from last week. He gives you fresh mercy and grace every single day of your life. His faithfulness is great. Great is thy faithfulness. Verse 24, Jeremiah says, the Lord is my portion. A portion is an inheritance or a reward. And Jeremiah didn't say, God, you're going to give me a great reward and I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for that crown in heaven. Oh no, Jeremiah said, Lord, you're not going to just give me a reward. You are my reward. You are my portion. 
You are what I am looking forward to, getting to see you and be with you for all of eternity. It doesn't say that God gives us a portion. It says that God is our portion. The things of earth are temporal, but God is eternal. Jeremiah says, therefore will I hope in him. Verse 25, the Lord is good. Oh, hallelujah for the Lord's goodness. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him. Verse 26, it is, a, uh, it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. You know why we can rejoice? Because we're waiting, we're trusting in God. And when you're trusting in God, everything's under control. When you're trusting in God, you have nothing to worry about because He is on the throne and He is in control. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.